All right, guys. Um, it is Friday, September 11th, and we are uh, moving along here uh, to part six of our seven-part uh, discussion series on uh, Jesus's I Am statements. And uh, this week, <clears throat> we are looking at I Am the Way, the Truth, and the Life, John 14, 6, one of the most uh, famous verses in the whole Bible. And, uh, you know, it's been interesting as I've studied it uh, over the week, um, really over the last couple of weeks. It's, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been challenged a little bit in my understanding of it. So, um, let's see, where, where are we? Uh, what are we doing here? What's, what's the plan? Um, well, We've got this week and next in the I Am series, and then we are going to spend some time in the letter uh, of James. We're going to look at James's letter, and uh, I'll probably probably call it something like uh, "Faith Alive" or "Resurrection Life" or I don't know something along those lines. Haven't quite mapped it out yet. We'll probably map out the series of discussions uh, next week, but uh, that's. That's that's what's coming up. Um, Creekside Missional Community is going to continue to meet at the Gorman House uh, for the unfor, you know for the foreseeable future. Uh, they have a big patio. They've got lights, and uh, yeah, it's a good, great setup. Worked really well last week, and uh, they have tons of tons of chairs as well. So um, I know the Fowlerville MC is. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of going through some really fun, uh, some fun growing, and uh, yeah, it's really turning into and becoming a reflection of um, Dave and Laura, and so I'm very excited about the future of Fowlerville, um, and uh, I continue to preach up at Flint, and that's going really well. Uh, let's see what else. Um. I think that's it for now. Uh, we really do need to come up with some sort of a plan here uh, for uh, when it when it gets too cold to, to gather outside, uh, because I don't I don't foresee a lifting of the uh, coronavirus protocols uh, coming uh, anytime in the near future. So, um, so yeah, please. Uh, Please be thinking about it. Please put ideas uh, in the missional community leader uh, discussion group. I've posted my thoughts there, um, and uh, I know Polly has interacted with them a little bit. But I would love to love to hear some of your other thoughts. Uh, my my probably my personal top uh, principle here is to figure out a way to avoid Zoom, um, if at all possible because uh, that uh, worked well for a moment, but, um, but it, it definitely was not a long-term solution, I don't think. So uh, that's, that's it as far as announcements go. Um, and uh, so why don't, we, why don't we turn our attention here to John chapter 14. Uh, 
this is one of those uh, one of those passages. I'm not sure uh, what you should read, uh, what amount you should read in your missional community. Um, it's it, you have you have to look at the whole of chapter 14 to understand what is happening here with John 14:6. Sadly, this has been a verse that has just been ripped out of context and has been used as a bludgeon uh, for evangelism, uh, for Christian exclusivism, that kind of thing. And, uh, and I think there's something going on here that is bigger, broader than some sort of uh, just simple truth claim. Now, this has been a little bit of a journey I've been on for, for a long time. I will not forget uh, sitting sitting at uh, sitting outside at Panera Bread uh, on 12 mile uh, right there at 12 mile and and uh, um, Halstead and so I was sitting there with uh, Grace Chapel's intern got a Matt and we were talking about the nature of truth and I asked him you know do you think do you think truth is uh, relative? Or do you think truth is objective? Well, Matt, in his you know good evangelical way, said, "Well, truth is truth is obviously um, objective." And and I remember pulling out uh, this verse right, and said, "Are you sure?" Are you sure truth is objective? Because it appears right here in John chapter 14, verse 6, that truth might be relative. He was kind of like, wait, what? How, what is, what, how can that be? What do you mean truth is relative? I mean, it literally says right here, Jesus says, I am the truth. And I said, you know, that's, that's exactly right. Jesus says, I am the truth. And in so doing, doesn't he make truth relative? <laughs> he was kind of like, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. And, uh, and so it is, it is fascinating to think um, from a Christian perspective that truth is ultimately found in a person. Truth is ultimately embodied personally. And therefore, relationally. And so, I don't know. I don't know how you can get past that. I don't know how you can get past the reality that that truth is relational, which I think, by definition, makes truth, in a very real sense, relative, um, because you are going to relate to truth, and truth, being embodied in the divine, is going to relate to you. So it's a it's a relative it's a relative reality here. Uh, it's not it's not objective. It's subjective, and uh, and there is and the subject is Christ, the divine, the the fully divine, fully man. Um, this is significant, and uh, and yet I don't even think that I don't even think that is the most significant part of what's happening here in John fourteen six. So why don't we why don't we look uh, briefly here 
Um, let me read 1 through 14, even though that's, that's really not enough, right? Uh, we're, we're gonna, we are going to have to look at the whole of John 14. Uh, but it starts off this way. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would not have... Would I have not told you that I am going there to uh, prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is God's Word. Um, so what do we make of this? Um, you know, again, we need, we need to look at the whole thing. Um, and... Uh, and so I think there are three parts of of this um, of this chapter. Part one, uh, verses one through four, which is you know the way. Part two, six through fourteen, we don't know the way. And verses fifteen through uh, thirty-one, this is the way. And, uh, you know, I think message big idea wise, like if I were going to, when I preach this, uh, on Sunday, uh, in Flint, yeah, I'm, I'm totally working the, this is the way thing. Um, this is the way angle from, uh, uh, from the Mandalorian, that, that Star Wars movie, uh, in, on Disney plus hundred or Star Wars TV show, sorry, 100% gonna gonna work that angle. Gonna work that angle uh, in missional community too, because it's just that important. Like, I just I think it's just such a such a great mnemonic advice d- device, right? Like such an easy way uh, to kind of catch what's going on. Um, Sorry about that too. My my nose is a little runny this morning, um, so yeah. Hopefully we're we're clear. Anyhow, um, we gotta you gotta work you gotta work that. You know you have these opportunities as you're teaching to get a little uh, phrase or an idea stuck in someone's head that it's going to get them to think about things. Um, leverage it, 
right? It's just such a great, such a great opportunity, um, teaching wise. And, uh, and so the, this is the way things just, it's just too, it's just too easy. And, and I think, and so I think you're, you're starting to catch where, where we're going with this, right? Um, uh, the, the message, big idea is the way. And, you know, for Jesus, the primary thing here uh, is the way. That Jesus, Jesus being the way, is, is his point. And this, this kind of ties back into some of the other things we've already talked about, right? The idea of him being the gate. The idea of him uh, being the resurrection and the life. Like he is, he is the embodiment of the way, the way to where, the way to the Father, the way to union with the Father, to be in an ever-present relationship with the Father. The way is Jesus. It's not through Jesus. It's not by Jesus. Jesus is the way. So we have to live lives that are united with Christ. A union with Christ is the means by which we experience union with the Father. And this, this is the goal. This is, what, this is what eternal joy looks like. Eternal joy looks like being united with the Father in His presence forever and ever, for eternity, with the divine. This, this is the way. And the way is Jesus. So, uh, so Jesus begins this part one, uh, verses one through four, uh, with "You know the way." Now, where are we coming in? Uh, how do we how do we set the scene? Well, uh, the disciples in Jesus are in the upper room, and uh, they've they've taken communion. Uh, this is you know Jesus's this is Jesus's last last night uh, with with the fellas with the disciples. And uh, and what's just happened is Judas Iscariot has been dismissed uh, because he is the one who will betray Jesus. And Jesus has just prophesied uh, that Peter is going to deny him three times. So the mood in the room uh, must just have just have been heavy and hard painful, sad, depressed, right? They're, they're just, it, 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 you, can, you can cut the, you can cut the heartache with, with a knife. That, that's where we're coming into John 14. Uh, not, not on some high, but uh, really at the, kind of the depths of despair. And so Jesus starts with, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. This word troubled is the same one that we looked at uh, last week as Jesus uh, saw the, the sadness and the mourning and the weeping and the heartache of the people over Lazarus and his heart was troubled. Same idea here. This, the, the, the disciples were experiencing a level and depth of anguish that was deep in their souls. It was in their guts. It was coming from the center of who they were. And Jesus says, don't let, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, the NIV here 
uh, renders the next verses, you believe in God, believe also in me. The New Living Translation, I think, hits it uh, more correctly, uh, where it says, uh, you trust in God, trust also in me. Uh, that the Greek word for believe um, has, this, has this range of meanings, right? Belief, faith, trust. And contextually, I think what Jesus is really saying here is, guys, I know you trust God. I know you trust in God. Trust in me too. Trust, trust that I'm going to take care of you. Trust that I got you. Um, you know, tr- trust this because I'm, I'm going. I'm going to go to my father's house. I am going to make a place for you. And I will come back and I will take you with me. You know the way. You know the way. You know why you know the way? You know the way because I am the way. This is kind of inherent in what Jesus is saying here. Is if you trust, if you trust me, you're going to know the way. I'm going to take you. I'm going to show you. I'm taking you with me. This is, <laughs> this is what Jesus is, is you know, I mean, he, he point blank says there's nothing hidden here. There's nothing hidden here. You know the way. And I think inherently, all of us, all, all of us know the way, right? I think every person you talk to, every person you engage with, every person that you spend time with, whether they claim to follow Jesus or not, I think they inherently know the way. And I think this is part of the reason we are seeing so much um, we're seeing this great push for justice in our world today because inherently inherently we know we know the way we know the way we know that um, we know the way to God we know the way to the divine is ultimately through self-sacrificial living it is ultimately through loving our neighbor as ourself it is ultimately through loving our enemy right? The pursuit of justice. This is one of the things that God demands from us according to Micah 6, 8. And so we, we know the way. Everybody does. Um, it, it's just, it's part of, I think it's rooted in, in the image of God in, in each person. This, this is, I think, one of the reasons I, I, I feel confident knowing that the divine is real because I see, I see that divine spark. I see that divine image in, in, in all the people around me, regardless of, regardless of whether or not they say they believe in God or not, whether or not they say they follow Jesus or not. We see that divine image in them. And so we know, we know the way. But like, but like Thomas you know, we, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Um, I mean, w- we feel that same way, right? So often when it comes to the things of the divine, when it comes to the things of Jesus, we say, man, we don't, we don't even know where we're headed. How can we possibly know the way? If we don't know the destination, we don't know the way. Jesus says, I am the way. 
I am the truth. I am the life. I am the destination. There's, there's no question here. If you know me, you know the Father. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Why? Because Jesus is united with the Father. There's perfect unity between Jesus and the Father. And so Philip comes in and says, well, show us the Father and that'll be enough. Give us the evidence in it. Jesus is just like, come on. Do you not know? What, Philip, where are you? What are you missing here, brother? I mean, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. How can you say, show us? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? He says, everything I've done, everything I say, this authority that I have, it's all coming from the Father. It is coming from the divine. It is rooted in the divine reality of the, of the universe. This, this is what shapes me. And so if you have seen me, you have seen the Father, Jesus says. Guys, this is, this is such a big deal. Because he's saying, you know, where are we going? We're, we're, what's the destination? The, the, the hopeful destination is eternal union with the Father. And so for Jesus to turn around and say, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And to say, I am the way. He's, he's saying, you live my life. Live with me. Live united with me. If you live united with me, you will be united with the Father because the Father and I are perfectly united. Right? Um, you know, he says, The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. He's pointing to this, this deep union between Father, God the Father, God the Son. He says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. He's like, guys, if you don't want to believe the words, believe, what, believe your eyes. You've, you've already seen it. I mean, they've seen the blind receive sight. They've seen the lame walk. They've seen the dead risen from the grave. What more do they need to see? How much more do they need to see with their eyes to believe that Jesus is united with the Father? That Jesus is the, the way, right? I mean, Jesus here... Jesus here is pressing in deep. Now, we get we get some of these uh, these weird little these these moments here at the end, right? Um, where he says, "Hey, if you believe in me, yeah, you'll do works that I've been doing, and you'll do even greater things than, than me." Now, is Jesus saying you're going to do greater miracles that you're going to accomplish? I don't know how you can do greater miracles than bringing somebody back from the dead. Right? Like, what? No, I think, I think what Jesus is getting at here is, I think he is, he's, he's talking about building, um, building a movement of people who are going to live the way. I think what he's saying is, yeah, I'm going to the Father, and there are going to be so many more people who are going to follow the way who are going to come on the way, who are joining the way, and you get to be a part of, you get to be a part of building that. I, th I think, 
I think that's what he's saying. The, the scholars and commentators um, that I've read uh, argue for that position. Um, you know, and uh, because I think, you know, I, I think he's, and I think it's because he's talking about it in this, in this context of, um, of believing in him and walking in his way. Uh, and then we get to this prayer thing, right? Anything, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So is Jesus saying that all we have to do is, is, is ask for anything, rub a lamp, and then say in Jesus' name, and we get it? I mean, this is the basis of what's known as the uh, prosperity gospel movement, right? The name it, claim it uh, thing. And no, I, I don't think that's what he's saying here. Um I think we have to understand this in the context of the whole, right? He's talking to people whose hearts are broken. He's talking to people who, um, who are, who are in fear and in trembling. And I think I think what he's getting at is if he, I think it ties back to what he said before. Um, you believe you, you trust God, trust in me also. So I think what he's saying is, you know, guys, bring your broken hearts to me, and I'll take care of it. I, I will I will help you hold on, right? Um, I mean, again, remember, Judas Iscariot has just been kicked out. Uh, you know, Jesus um, has just told Peter he's going to deny him three times because Satan's going to sift him. And uh, he's like, hey, I got you guys. Just You just got to trust. I think this is another way for him to call them back to that reality of trust in me. I have authority because I am united with the Father. So you can trust me. And I think the other thing is we have, we have to understand this in the broader picture of, uh, of Scripture, right? In what Scripture teaches us about prayer. And in Romans 8 in particular, we have a very clear teaching where it says, Paul says, we don't even know what we ought to pray for, so the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. And I think that's an important uh important corrective or important thing to keep in mind uh, here at the end of this section. Now, part three, um, the way is clarified, right? So what is what is living on the way look like? Well, one, you keep his commands. Um, you know, uh, verse, starting in verse 15, um, all the way through verse 24 really is about obeying Jesus' teaching, living his commands. And what are his commands? Love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself and love your enemies. In a nutshell, that encapsulates Jesus' commands. If we live that way, if we live that way, we are on the way. And we are pursuing and pressing into union with the divine. We are on the way to the destination, the destination being eternal presence with God the Father. We are, we are on the way. But being on that way emphasizes love of God, love of neighbor, love of enemy. These are the commands, and these are the commands that we have to obey. And if we obey them, then, then people, what happens, Jesus says, is people see the Father. People see the divine in us. <laughs> Um, this is this is an amazing this is an amazing statement. This is an amazing statement. So we keep his commands uh, to receive his peace. 
the Holy Spirit, you know, this is we, this is a uh, John fourteen is is triune, right? It is it is a Trinity passage. You see the the union of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit all together here, and um, and and so the way we stay on the way is by listening to the Spirit, who comes and gives us peace and reminds us of all the things that Jesus taught us. And by reminding us the things that Jesus taught us, it is this reminder of us to stay on the way. To stay in the way. To stay in the way of Jesus. To continue to pursue union with Christ so that we may come to the destination, which is an eternal union with the divine, with the Father. And we, and we do that... Um, we're not doing it alone. The Holy Spirit is reminding us of the way. And as He reminds us of the way, He gives us peace. And we have to receive that. How many of us live with a sense of peace? How many? I think that's that's one of those big questions, right? Um, you know, so again, He reminds them, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. You know, I'm giving you my peace. It's staying with you. It's staying with you in the person, presence of the Spirit. And then, um, and then we got to know. We got to know that the that the Spirit, um, Spirit is with us, right? That that reality, um, that reality that the Spirit is with us, uh, is, you know, is. Is what keeps us is what keeps us on the way. So by following the way, we will experience life, and this life is rooted in peace. This is the picture of human flourishing, right? So, uh, you know, this is this is where we're this is where we're going. Um, uh, this is kind of the the direction of this passage, and uh, so, you know. Fallen condition focus. Um, you know, I think we can definitely tie in this idea that we we believe that we can make our own way. You know, we we try we try to make our own way. You know, uh, just just take a look. You just look around. You just look around the world for half a minute, and, and you see how you see how we try to make our own way, don't you? Uh, and, and most often now, it's it's through politics. Um. You know, progressives try to try to make their own way through the Democrat with the Democratic Party. Conservatives try to make their own way with, with the Republican Party. We we try to use these these means by which to create the way, the way to to peace, the way to um, to make the world work. And they ultimately fail. They ultimately fall short. Because they're not the way. The way is Christ. The way is love your neighbor as yourself. The way is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The way is love your enemy. This is the way. This is the way to, to peace and human flourishing. But we, we create our, we, we try to make our own way. So I think that's, that's that fallen condition. I think that's the thing. Uh, you know, how do you how do you make your own way? What what are the things that you do? What are the things that you do to try to create peace? What are the, in your life? What are the things that you do to try to 
uh, unite yourself with God. Um, we all do these kinds of things, you know, and some of them, you know, maybe for our friends that, that, that say they don't believe in God, um, you know, what do you try to do to, to unite yourself with, you know, humanity, with, uh, with the universe? I mean, we, we all, we all do these things. And, uh, and these, these things, um, when we identify that reality, it's, it's really helpful um, to show us how they fail and how they fall short. And that really, really, at the end of the day, the way is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And love your enemy. All right? Uh, if there's anything else that needs to be in these podcasts uh, to help you prepare for Sundays, um, you know, let me know. Um, I hope these are helpful. I hope these are value adds for you. Uh, if they're not, don't listen. Um, and uh, and if they are, uh, continue listening. Uh, they're helpful for me to work out some of my thoughts uh, before Sunday for sure. And uh, and if you're not leading in your particular missional community, um, you know, try to. And you've listened to this podcast. Try to try to. Get the conversation going. Try to help whoever's leading um, by by talking, by responding, by giving perspective, by giving your thoughts. Right. Um, sometimes it takes someone not being the leader to to get some of the conversation going. And uh, so my encouragement to you would be: uh, if you're not leading in your particular missional community, don't be afraid to speak up. Um, all right. Well, hey. Until next. Until next week. Um, Love well, guys.